Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is powerful. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick, I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me, What is up, Jerry? Uh, not much. I'm so full, Pat. So full. I just had the best burrito ever. It was great. You were, you were like hardcore eating a burrito in my ears just two minutes ago. <laughs> like you were struggling with like technical issues, and I'm like, I, I should be helping Pat as soon as I'm done with this burrito. As soon as I get this guac out of my beard, I will help you, Pat. <laughs> I just found some rice in my beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Well, before we get to our awesome guest, uh, we do want to give a shout out to uh, the charity drive that we've been doing for the past couple months. Um, we are getting really, really close to $1,000 mark, so we'd like to push it over the top there. Um, we, of course, are donating all the money raised to the Children's Organ Transplant Association for Wesley. Um, you guys hear us talk about it every week. We had Rich on um, probably six or seven weeks ago uh, to talk about the uh, about his son and uh, some of the challenges he's faced in his uh, very young life. So we are doing our best to help raise some of the money uh, you know, to help him out with that organ transplant. Um, so... I think Jerry, the last I think the last uh, check we did on the total raise was eight eighty. Uh, this week we are raffling off a uh, chalice of the void uh, donated by who? Who was it, Jerry? Michael Ames. Yeah, Michael Ames. So thank you for first of all, thank you, Michael, for for the donation of the chalice. Um, we are going to raffle that out. So we haven't had a ton of interest in it, guys. Please, you know. You- I, you I love f- to make, make people not play magic, right? Like you don't want people to actually play their decks. So just I, get a chalice. It's the easiest I, way to make it happen. I'm afraid I, I tipped our hand too soon because we did the Savannah first and everyone's like, ah, oh, I'm going to hold off for the dual lands. There's no more dual lands in reserve, people. <laughs> <laughs> get on the chalice. <laughs> get that chalice. So it's a beautiful chalice of the void. Uh, we're going to raffle it off, I think, next week. After our preview card, which is very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty amped for that. Well, no, Pat, our preview card episode came out yesterday. In right. Th- time. <laughs> oh, of course. Time. Time. Oh, geez. It's well, the final it's, frontier. Yeah. So it's going to come out after our preview card. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So how about that preview card we talked about? Oh, it was a great exciting. preview card. <laughs> pretty exciting stuff. Can't say it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so awesome. Uh, please check out the Facebook page. We will drop the link in the show notes as well to that post. Um, you can donate either directly to uh, the uh, Coda website or you can PayPal Jerry and we'll add it, all that to the uh, to the raffle. Let's please get this raffled off. We really want to make up that last little bit uh, between where we're at and $1,000. So we have a nice big round four digits to send uh, send to the Organ Transplant Association. So uh, So get on that. Hell yeah. Who we yeah. got tonight, Pat? So we have uh, our returning guest, legacy aficionado, uh, traitor to the stars, 
Miss Liz. How, Liz, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm actually quite hungry because I haven't had a burrito yet, and I intend to get one after the call now. So thanks for that, Jerry. <laughs> I, I highly recommend Anna's uh, Taqueria in Davis Square. Primo burritos. The best burritos you will get. <laughs> Now I always assume that Liz, you, you're a you're a Sheets aficionado because I see that a lot on your Twitter. Uh, I've actually I've not been going to Sheets as much. I do my my meats to buy cards now, just like at my house. <laughs> is this a new is this a new uh, business venture? I mean, we we had last time we had uh, Gavin on, we were talking about his Steakrion idea. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, the idea is you bring me magic cards and I pay you for them in mozzarella sticks. I think that's wow. that's the hot new buy list model. Are you in? Are you interested in a chalice of the void? <laughs> I don't think the Children's Organ Transplant of America will accept mozzarella sticks, Pat. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But Wesley might like them. I don't know. He might, maybe. he might be a fan of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, we have a lot of legacy to talk this week. Um, I guess the first thing on the docket are our Commander uh, 2018 previews that we've seen. Um, we're going to go with the ones just from the official Wizards website because we don't want to talk about anything uh, unofficial yet, right, Jerry? Exactly. <laughs> we got to toe the company line right now. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, Liz, was there anything in there that you thought was particularly interesting? Um, nothing jumped out at me right away, but when I started looking more at Endless Atlas, that card kind of... It's, it's, it's a... A low-cost JM Daytome, and you know, there's no shortage of powerful card advantage engines in Legacy, but maybe Mono Red Painter mm-hmm. could play that card, something like that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, two mana and then two to activate it is pretty cheap. It's, the, the real downside is just you know the three or more lands with the same name. But the secret is you have a Blood Moon in play, and everything's a mountain. Oh, actually, <laughs> I, th- I think the lands still retain their names. So that that's unfortunate, but. Oh, I got really excited for a second. I thought that was true. Maybe, maybe Miracles <laughs> could play it, because they always have three islands in play. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, I mean, something like Merfolk could play it, as a, but I mean, I don't think this is something Merfolk would want. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, the monocolored decks, like Death and Taxes, Merfolk. Um, I mean, maybe if they were looking for some, like, grind value. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to see some legacy player. I haven't really seen much yet that has, uh, legacy play potential. Um, I, there are some cool cards, though, especially in yeah, red. Sure. Have you guys seen these red cards? Yeah, my favorite red card was. <laughs> Jerry's uh, least favorite rev card, of course, was Enchanter's Bane, which is one <laughs> yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's but it's not bad. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> I I just I had like ten people send that card to me and be like, oh man, like nice omniscience. And I'm like, if I have an omniscience in play, <laughs> you have already lost. Like this is not triggering. <laughs> so there's definitely there's definitely something to be said for an om- because I have definitely played against uh, players who put an omniscience in playoff show and tell, and then are just trying to free spell cantrip their way to, uh, to one of their creatures, which they don't always get. So there's something to say about that. Um, yeah, but- also, like, at, at some point, like, if you get a Grizzlebrand and you can't draw seven, uh, this is gonna be interesting once, once that, uh, once you get, what, nined by that omniscience? I mean, it's it's still just like you're adding a card in your sideboard slot for a maybe situation, yeah, and then they're just yeah. gonna sneak attack your it's, face anyways. <laughs> look, it's it's definitely not great, but it's certainly interesting, and it's a it's a unique I, effect for red that I don't think it, we've seen before. It is enchantment removal is not something red does. What I I yeah. do think it will see play. I just don't think it's gonna see play as like omniscience hate, like everyone was saying. Sure, like that's yeah. ridiculous. What I do think it's gonna see play is uh, it's a way for burn to answer leyline of sanctity, which for a 
long yep. time has been a very difficult card for Burn to beat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's also interesting against some something like like an early card to hit against Miracles if they're on the counterbalance plan. Like not two every turn is not a big deal, well, but it's I, some it's a clock, right? It's a clock that they have a harder time dealing with. I don't like that. I think no. I, I I can real I honestly can't really think of another way uh reason for this to see play outside of burn unless like Enchantress hmm. for some reason becomes sure, like yeah. a tier one deck. But other than you that, imagine? I, I could I could very well see Enchantress Bane being the kind of sideboard card that say Mono Red Prison wants to play. Uh because like yeah. even against Miracles, it's not just counterbalance, you know, they have like Search for Azcanta sometimes, they have uh moats, humilities, they just just random prison pieces they're trying to play, mm-hmm. and I think this could be kind of like a... In, in a monoroid that doesn't really have any good sideboard options, <laughs> this this yeah, goes into the uh, list of bad sideboard options. <laughs> it, True. It's, it's worth saying, Jerry, too, that I didn't get this on my first read-through of the card. Anyway, let's just read the text, but it's something I didn't realize, that it's only going to target one enchantment. Right. So it says, at the beginning of your end step, target an enchantment deals damage equal to its converted mana cost to its controller unless that player sacrifices it. Yeah, actually it's not even that good against Enchantress now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. That, well that's what that's exactly what I was thinking. Um hmm. one some someone did point out to me though that it is an answer for any deck again that's afraid of blood moons. Because it's red, if you're a deck that just stone cold loses to Blood Moon, mm-hmm. um, this can be an option. Like I could see, like maybe, like I feel Rug Delver has better options, but maybe there's some Rug Delver player that just hates losing to Blood Moon, and so this turns like Blood Moon into only like a three turn clock. And if you can get them low enough before the, the Blood Moon comes down, like it, it can be a way to answer uh, Blood Moon that you could actually cast and not have to worry yeah. about resolving beforehand. I- I can see that, but I really feel like most uh, and and just kind of to play devil's advocate here, I think a lot of decks that are playing Blood Moon are trying to to power it out on turn one or two anyway. So it's it's coming out fairly early. Um, well, yeah. Well, the thing is that because this is red, even like a mo- even like a a bug deck can cast mm, this because sure, you can yeah. cast it with your Blood Moon. Right, um, right. That said, like I don't know how many decks are out there that just like really want an answer to Blood Moon, and this is their only option. Hmm. Interesting. Um, was there any other legacy playables you guys saw? I mean, there's not a ton of cards that have been officially revealed yet, but was there anything in here that you guys thought might be interesting? I liked uh, Treasure Nabber. I don't know if it's good uh, enough, but it's cool. Is that like a, is that like a vintage card, you think? No, because Null Rod's... I mean, I mean, actually, if you think about it, it's Null Rod that for one red more comes with a 3-2 body, which is but, not irrelevant. Yeah, and you also get you also like get your opponent's moxes when they tap yeah. them. Yeah, the thing is, oh sorry, go uh, ahead. Liz. Just, as somebody who's played a lot of really bad mono red decks and, and vintage in the past, like <laughs> this thing does kind of it, it's it does a null rod impression, but it also beats down for three. Yeah, you know, in vintage, even if that, you're playing prison piece like this, you have to put pressure on your opponent. Three two is also a pretty quick clock, as we know from our devers. Yeah. Yes. And um, that goblin looks like he could fly with those ears he has. So. Uh, that That's what really got me is I love the art. Absolutely love yeah. the art on this because he's holding a soul ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he stole a soul ring. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. I, the the uh, Just like overall, the art in this set is pretty sweet. Yeah, I've been really liking it. Yeah. Uh, Shahili's directive is not very good. I, a lot of people are talking about that. I don't see any card that costs three red. Like if it doesn't win the game on the spot, it is not playable in legacy. Yeah. That's a tough one. Hmm. Um, let's see anything else. 
think that was pretty much it. Uh, the other ones yeah. were pretty pretty standard. Uh, it does look cool. I really like the the theme of these mm. commander decks. Um, like the the Esper one is like the top of your library matters. Uh, the blue red one is like artifacts matter. Yep. Um, I think that's all we. That's all. Have they announced the other um, ones yet? The Jund one is lands, uh, and the Bant one is enchantments matter. Ah, nice. I think I think Esper is probably my like. I love. Uh, like I'd be surprised if there wasn't something like uh, what it not is it manipulate fate? You play with the top card of your library revealed. Is that fate untold? Uh, field or, of dreams. There's field of there's field of dreams. This is like a Urza's legacy card. It has like a picture of Urza. And it's like two two colorless blue blue. Oh, blue. future sight. Play with like the t- future sight. That's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've always liked like effects like those. Yeah. Can I interest you in some future sight miracles right now? So yeah. So you ever played predict <laughs> off the top of your library and you don't name the card until like the top card the new top card's revealed? That's like drawing four cards for two mana. <laughs> That's pretty sounds sweet. Sounds pretty yummy. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Ah <laughs> uh, man, yeah. That that's also my favorite like time for uh time period of magic. Like that's for around when I started playing and doing like predict future sight. Uh that was so good. <laughs> Um, uh, other than that, I think that was pretty much all the spoilers that we've had come out, mm. uh, to date. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, we're recording on Tuesday, so we're not very deep into the week of, of previews. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. I think we've only I'm had, I'm sure like, what, next week we'll have a lot more to talk about for sure. Yeah. We've had two days of spoilers. So, uh, but yeah, there's a, uh, that it looks, it looks pretty cool. Um, I mean, I feel, yeah. I always pick up a commander, uh, one of the commander decks every time they come yeah. out, uh, which is how I've like ended up with like six commander decks, even though yeah. I rarely play commander. <laughs> so I have, I have two, I have exactly two commander decks and I've played neither. One of them sleeved, <laughs> and ha- one of them ha- is halfway sleeved, which is exciting, but I haven't played, I-, I bought like the dragon commander deck, which is still in its packaging somewhere in my office here. And then I have the wizards commander deck that I got at, uh, Hascon. Um, and I have that, it's like sleeved up halfway. <laughs> Uh, and i've never played a game of commander in my life i don't know what am i doing with my life Jerry? it all started with the true name nemesis like i bought the true name nemesis commander deck for the true name nemesis i see that's that's how much like i don't even know what it was i think it was like nikezer i think that was (laughs) but it's like i it's the true name nemesis commander deck it's not the commander but that's why you bought the deck and my friends bought it so we all had like commander decks We're like all right i guess we'll play commander together (laughs) and then there's always some legacy cards so i I usually pick up one and i just have a box full of them liz do you play much commander uh on and off i have two decks i think at this point the rest of them just kind of been chopped apart for other for legacy cards mm-hmm. yeah it is hard being a legacy player and a commander player uh because owning five copies of a card or in some cases 11 if you have uh you know six six commander decks that all share the same cards <laughs> well my, my my favorite commander deck is my yidris deck which is just four color storm that's kind of at all times, it's taken apart and put in different decks, but it has, like, all of my Belcher pieces, all of my Ant pieces, some of my Vintage cards. <laughs> Whenever I want to play Commander, I have to, like, cobble them all together and put the, put the deck into a pile and, and, and storm off on turn two on people. That's <laughs> uh, true. I wish, I wish Magic Online, like, Deck Editor existed in real life. Can I, can I get that, Watsy? Is that, like, a, you know, an extension I can pay for? Like, real-life deck sorter? <laughs> as far as this week goes, did anyone, anyone play any Legacy? I've played, I've been jamming a little bit online. Uh, I haven't streamed this week or last week. Uh, it was my, uh, my life has been absolutely fucking nuts lately, but, um, uh, 
I've been playing uh, a little bit of Dredge, um, and not as much Rug because I just haven't been really excited about the deck. But Dredge has been really fun. Uh, some of the games are just ridiculous. Uh, what you can do on turn two or three. Um, but uh, that's been very interesting. It's a deck that I, I really enjoy playing online. I don't think I like it as much in paper, uh, but it's it's certainly much easier to pile online. It's 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 a lot of fun. How about you, Liz? Uh, I've been playing a ton of Legacy uh, since the bannings happened. Just probably like a league a day on Moto. Hell nice. yeah! <laughs> can can I ask you just a real quick like, what's your overview of the meta so far? What how have you felt about the the meta since the bannings? Uh, I, I like it a fair bit. I think Show and Tell is a little overrepresented right now, and that's obnoxious to me. Nah, but nah. Um, <laughs> I think my biggest takeaway Sorry. from the Deathrite ban, uh, my my initial thought was, oh, graveyard decks are are, are the place to be. Reanimator is the best deck. Um, but mm-hmm. as I played more and more, I realized that I think graveyard strategies are actually worse now, but graveyard synergies mm. are better. Um, Interesting. Can you expand on that a little bit? I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Like, I think Red Black Reanimator is a lot worse because people aren't playing Deathrite Shamans in their main deck, so you still gain one more. But people mm-hmm. are playing four Leyland of the Voids and more surgical extractions because gotcha. you know, they don't get to don't get to free roll their graveyard hate in the main deck because they actually have to play dedicated, more powerful hate. Because Deathrite Shaman was just sort of yeah. residual. But, like, Graveyard right. Synergy cards, like Night of the Reliquary, which has been my jam since the bannings, I think it's better because Night still is a functional card, you know, underneath a, a Leyline of the Void. It doesn't get mm-hmm. big, but it, it still is a tutor engine. Or things like, uh, I actually think Lands isn't the worst place to be right now, if you if you want to play a Graveyard mm-hmm. deck. Because you have, like, three or four things you can do that don't involve the Graveyard directly. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I can see that because I do feel a lot of people overcompensated because when the bannings happened, literally everyone was running through town square, you know, screaming the British were coming, you know, reanimator is coming, reanimator is coming, carry your graveyard hate. And I definitely think people overcompensated. And I don't necessarily think that was a mistake to overcompensate. I would definitely, you know, want to be prepared rather than underprepared. Um, but I do think people really were prepared for a much heavier, uh, graveyard based meta and it just never showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like that was the initial knee jerk reaction was, Oh, it was the same thing when miracles went, when miracles got the ban and they're like, Oh, enjoy your, enjoy your, uh, all your, uh, graveyard storm, decks coming out. Storm, so, yeah. storm fest. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, which it never was never really. It was for a week. It was for yeah. like that that weekend. It's like Storm ran crazy, yeah. and then people yeah. remembered how to play against Storm. Right, right. I guess people just keep forgetting against Bryant Cook because he's been yeah. just crushing lately. I'm pretty sure he just Jedi mind tricks his opponents into uh, forgetting like how to it's, play against Storm. It's the Mets hat. It's the yeah, Mets his, hat. His good luck Yankees hat. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I messaged him. I'm like, so all the nice things I said about you on the cast did it did it equal out with the the, Yan- the Yankees comment? And he just <laughs> didn't respond. He's just like, no. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah. So you you've been play? Have you been playing the same deck in uh, all of them? Or you've been switching it up, Liz? Uh, I've been switching it up. I've just been kind of trying the night of the reliquary slice of legacy. Uh, I started out with Maverick because I figured Deathrite Shaman was gone. Let's just go back to to level one, back to 2012. Um, and I felt like Maverick was kind of underpowered, so I tried the more powerful four-color loam, which felt inconsistent, but, you know, the power level was there. Um, yep. And I've sort of, sort of been bouncing around between those two, and uh, there's a deck that I kind of wanted to talk about. It's a deck I 5 out a league with. Yeah. It's sort of a middle ground between the two. It's a mixture of, yeah. of Maverick and four-color loam that I call Costanza Blade. 
<laughs> nice. Um. Yeah, I love this list. This list is sweet because I love the four color loam uh, deck, but it, that's exactly right. Like I felt like it just wasn't consistent enough. But uh, this this looks sweet. Tell us tell us about this list. Like, how's the fusion end up? Like, how did you arrive at this? Um, this happened around four in the morning after five or six glasses of Kraken. Good. Um, I was tired of Noble Hierarch. I hate that card. It's it's weak. It's every every game you start with a turn with Noble Hierarch. I just I just felt kind of sad. Um, and so I thought Mox Diamond's better because I can actually play Thalia on turn one. You know, if if the fast combo decks I'm playing against are Sneak and Show and Reanimator and Storm, being able to play like the turn one Thalia is critical. Um, yeah. I'll, from experience, Thalia is actually one of the best hate pieces you can play against Deacon Show because it just slows us down so, so much. It's brutal. Agreed, yeah. Um, and then if I'm on the Mox Diamond plan, like on the, the playing two drop hate pieces plan, I, I should probably play more than just Thalia. So Chalices came in, Swords to Plowshares came out, uh, Dismembers came in for removal spells. Um, and Mother of Runes is another card in Maverick that kind of underwhelmed me because you'd play Mother of Runes and. She'd just get bolted immediately or fatal pushed. Uh, Sylvan Safekeeper mm-hmm. is sort of my my concession to that. Uh, it's zenithable. It can activate multiple times in the same turn. Yeah, so it can protect itself and something else if you really needed to. And it has a cool backdoor plan of... I had a game where I was attacking with two Knight of the Reliquaries. My opponent blocked one of them, and I just sacked all my lands to Sylvan Safekeeper to make the unblocked one lethal. Oh, oh sweet. <laughs> that is a, that's sneaky. I like that. Also, you can do a cool thing if you don't have a land drop to make uh, and no lands in your graveyard. You can sack a land to safekeeper and then replay it with excavator. Just just little synergies like that. Yeah, let's let's run down this list because this is a super cool list and it, and it is. It's basically just like a mashup of Maverick and Agro Loam. Um, do you want to kind of just run down it with uh, with us, Liz? Yeah, sure. Um, it's just it's four Mox Diamonds uh, and four Green Sun Zenith for Dried Arbor for acceleration. Uh, four Thalias, mm-hmm. two Scavenging Uses, Sylvan Library, Gadok Teague, Akisali Pride Mage for a Green Sun package. Um, awesome. Two Ramming Up Excavator, two Tireless Tracker, and four Neither Reliquary as your sort of your beefy things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two Sylvan Safekeepers for protection. And then the lands, there are 26 of them. Um, there are, I think, 12 utility lands in the deck because why not? Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have a Bajuka Bog. Tutors and, yeah, we have a Bajuka Bog, a Ghost Quarter. Two Horizon Canopies, a Crocus, a Maze of Ith, and a Scattered Groves, because I wanted another fetchable duel, but I also just didn't want to flood out on just mana-producing lands. Wait, what is Scattered Groves? I don't know that uh, It's the green-white cycling duel from Amonkhet with land types. <laughs> nice! Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very interesting when I saw it, actually. Uh, I actually have cut it since. It's just, the drawing it in your opener is too bad. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was, it was clever for the time. Uh, and then I'm playing one stage, one depths. Uh, because I, f- I feel like it's sometimes just, you can just get them. I feel like it's just <laughs> even even actual Maverick lists. It's it's just incorrect to not play it because you win so many games off your opponent not expecting it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're not running a Light from the Loam. I feel that would slot in well. Did you found it wasn't very good in the list? Oh, I guess with Thalia's it probably that's a non-bow. Uh, yeah, with Thalia's it was rough. Uh, my my initial iteration actually had two, but I just think I think it's not necessary. I, th- I like Excavator in that slot more. Yeah, Excavator, I feel, uh, is definitely primed to uh, make some nice appearances in Legacy. A lot of people I've been talking to um, have been experimenting with that card. That, that's such a sweet card. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the sideboard a bit. Uh, we got some some sweet stuff on the sideboard here. Uh, the sideboard is definitely a result of 4 a.m. drunk deck building, but uh, 
<laughs> I like the one of ancient tomb. Yeah. Talk about that. Is that just uh, when you need, absolutely need the turn one Jalice? Yes, yeah, so I play one crop rotation, one ancient tomb in the board. Uh, crop rotation's there for like matches where I need the turn one Chalice and matches where I need turn one Bajuka Bog. Or, or more mm-hmm. consistent instant speed Bajuka Bog. Uh, that's sort of just like the lands tech, and I respect that a lot. I think it was a really clever innovation uh, from from lands. Uh, one damping sphere yeah. because I lost to elves, and I don't like losing to elves. <laughs> um, one GTA, another a second pride mage. I think having multiple pride mages in, in a lot of game twos is good, basically regardless of the matchup, because everyone has like something to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, the one crop rotation yeah. I mentioned, a choke, an extra tireless tracker, two surgicals, two swords to plowshares, two containment priests, and two council judgments. Just sort of like generic catch-all answers. Um, yeah. Tell me, the extra tireless tracker, like, I, I'm, these are the sideboard cards where I'm always wondering, like, when, what are the matchups where you're like, I, I really need just one more tireless tracker. Uh, so I board a tireless tracker in every single matchup. I don't think there's a single one where I don't board it in. Uh, it's just a better game two card than it is a game one card. Uh, is that what yeah, it is? People are bringing right, in, you know, okay. clunkier sideboard cards to try and either fight your hate or to, to outvalue you. And you, you just, in, in, in a lot of game twos, the games are going to go on for like an extra turn or two, and that makes Tireless Tracker just a better card. Mm, gotcha. Um, so the swords in the sideboard, is that, are you like boarding out chalices in those matchups or is that just like kind of a placeholder until you find a better removal card for that slot? Um, I, I'm just willing to, to concede the fact that sometimes it's going to be awkward with chalice. That swords is just so mm-hmm. powerful in the matchups where I need like a cheap spot removal spell. Yeah. Yeah, you just absolutely need to remove that turn one threat. And this this list that I 5 up with actually was playing a lot of weird clunky things that I've, I've since removed and I've since kind of messed the numbers on because I was just trying out a lot of stuff. All right, well, yeah, tell us about, like, what are some updates that you've been playing this uh, for longer after the 5-0 and have been tweaking it a bit? Um, I'm actually back on Noble Hierarch, which I know is kind of kind of mopey. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I cut a couple lands. The Mox Diamonds get a little bit less consistent with that, but I think you're just... You're, you're really relying on the Mox Diamond to play your turn one thing, and if, if you don't get there on that, like, you should be mulligating the hand anyways. Uh, I'm pulling up my new list now on Magic Online. We are playing uh, only only one tracker in the main deck now. A second Casali Pride Mage main. Um, let's see if Magic Online will will load. That'd be be swell. <laughs> um, we're actually playing two depths, two stage now. I, I think that's sort of oh the deck kind of became like a weird not turbo depths but like green white depths deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's main de- there's main deck rotations. The chalices are actually in the sideboard now, right? That, that that was the other thing. Gotcha. So you just were feeling the chalices just weren't uh, weren't good enough. Yeah, they they cut down on the number of like actual cheap interactive things I could do in a big way. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's its job, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I want to be doing this. Like if things. only chalice, yeah, if only chalice wasn't symmetrical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for the most part, I've kind of shelved this deck. I, I had my fun with it, but I think it's it's sort of the middle ground between Green White Maverick and Four Color Loam, and that's it, you should just figure out which one's better for your tournament that given weekend and go with yeah, that. I think for like just grinding on Magic Online, this deck's great because if you play well, you can kind of have a little bit of game against everything. Mm-hmm. But for actual big tournaments, which is mostly what I'm planning on playing right now, uh, 
I should just figure out which one of those two decks is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I you plus aggro loam. You could have so many fun uh, fun slots like uh, priest priest of Titania or Titania priestess of Aragoth. I always oh gosh. <laughs> I haven't played a Titania since I played Bug Nick Fit, and I don't ever play into again. No, she's she's the best. She's the best, guys. She's awesome. I love wasting my own duel and making ten power. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You should play Titania with Sylvan Safekeeper, because then you can turn all of your lands into five threes. Oh, man. That's what this deck's missing. We're going to cut those terrible Knight of the Reliquaries and replace them with Titanias. (laughs) You leave my wife alone. Easy, Jerry. Easy. Liz is a big fan of Knight. A big fan. (laughs) Knight of the Reliquary is is in a really good spot right now, I think. That's that's sort of where I'm at, is just figuring out how to jam Knight of the Reliquary in a deck that doesn't lose to Sneak and Show. True. Which is funny because Night of the Reliquary is usually a card that we're really not happy to see in Sneak and Show. The problem is Omniscience. Yeah, I mean, ever since Omniscience was printed, it's been much better. Uh, but I, but I mean, uh, the number of times I have gone like turn one show and tell, put in an Emrakul, and my opponent puts in the Knight of the Reliquary, untaps, plays their land, fetches uh, out Caracas and bounces the Emrakul, and you're just like, well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, this was, you know, back in like 2012, 2013, when, uh, you know, Emrakuls and Knight of the Reliquaries were last, you know, going head to head in the meta. <laughs> yeah, I've just, I've so, just found that like, yeah. why don't put enough pressure on because Knight's a really slow clock? Uh, so mm-hmm. they can always have time to find the omniscience. I think, I think I've played against JPA six times or something in the last two weeks because apparently I play Moto at the same time he does. Uh, I think I'm one in five. Jeez, yeah. Uh, cause Ollie Pride Mage is actually a card we're pretty afraid of in that matchup. Um, just because sometimes you, like Pat says, you need a cantrip for the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being able to answer, you know, sneak attacks and omniscience is relevant. Um, so Maverick is actually a, a pretty difficult matchup for Omniscience, uh, which most people wouldn't realize. Like Gaddic Teague absolutely shuts that deck down. Um, but yeah, it does, you're right, it does come down to like kind of draw dependent. The thing is though, like you can always, when you're, when you're playing Maverick, you can shut down like two of their three ways of victory, right? But you can never really beat the third and your clock isn't fast enough. Yep. Yeah, um, exactly. I actually had a, a weird breakthrough it, it, before, right before the show on how to fix that. Oh yeah. Uh, like go share? on. I tweeted a picture of the deck <laughs> about 20 minutes before we, we started recording. Uh, it's four color Maverick playing Meddling Mage and Leovold. <laughs> I played against that. I played against that at, uh, what was the last GP? Was it GP Seattle? Yeah, GP Seattle. I played against a person who was on four color Maverick with, yeah, Leovold and Meddling Mage. We're like, this is, this is just like already like a, a slightly bad matchup. And now it's just like a terrible matchup. Like, this is awful. <laughs> and like, this, that also shores up your Miracles matchup because if you can get Gadakti and Meddling Mage in play, like Meddling Mage on Plow, that's pretty much a hard lock. And yeah. Leovold just so good against them. Um, yeah, I think I, I tweeted out that I was going to be putting Mother of Runes and Leovold Emissary of Trust in the same deck, which is <laughs> quite the embarrassing thing, but the mana base kind of looks fine. Does it? Are you? I feel that just hard. <laughs> There's a Caracas, a Dryad Arbor, a Basic Plains, and a Maze of Ith, but... And, and four Wastelands. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, brother. My my only blue cards are Meddling Mage and Leovold. My only black card is Leovold. Alright, that's... That's that's better. And I can you, see you it know. for Leovold. 
You got you got the main deck Sylvan. You can dig to it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> the one of Tireless Tracker, the one of Ramanop Excavator. This deck is great. I think this deck has legitimately got something going for it. The mana's probably untenable, and I'm just going to lose to Blood Moon, <laughs> which is justice, because I just played Blood Moon for the last year, but... Um, that's that's what but why I put down Agrolome is the the mana base was just god awful in that. Uh, I was try- I was talking to actually Justin Lutz at uh, uh, SCG Worcester because he was on it, and he's just like, yeah, people people should probably counter Mox Diamonds more often than they do. They do like really? people just let people just let Mox Diamond resolve, and there are so many hands Agrolome and decks like this have that if they don't have Mox Diamonds, they are doing shit all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man emma emma handy has the best uh reaction gift to this deck by the way it's <laughs> never meet your heroes because they'll dunk on you on oh. twitter <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so good thanks are you going to describe the reaction gift in this audio no, format people are going to have please no, people have to go up and find it they got to do the work if you want to if you want the laugh you have to do the work <laughs> god just describe all right Let's let's keep gifts out. <laughs> I don't need to cross those streams just yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh but yeah, that I, I, I like these decks. These are these are fun. Especially when you get it paired against like other kind of grindy mid rangey decks. Like I feel this versus Esper Stoneblade would be a super fun matchup with lots of interaction. Yeah, that sounds sweet to me. Like I uh Pro- Sorry, go ahead. Like tireless tracker in those matchups. That's that's what I live for. Is just having six clues in play. <laughs> yeah. Also, because I like pride baging their batter skull when they're topped at, tapped out. That always feels good. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, anything else you want to talk about that deck before we move on? Um. No, I'm I'm just sort of you know embarrassed this this terrible mana base and this fluster storm in the sideboard of my deck with Thalia. But <laughs> here we are. This is the blue. Oh man! Oh man! The blues of the the blue maverick running fluster storm. Jeez! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't know if four color maverick's gonna catch you on anytime soon. <laughs> well, see, I'm gonna play it at GP Richmond. I'm gonna lose terribly, and I'll play a real deck at Eternal Weekend. That's that's my plan currently. Nice. Yeah, I'm going down to uh, GP Richmond. That's coming up. I'm excited for it. Me too. Yeah, like double GP weekends are always sweet, especially when Legacy is one of them. So. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome time, uh, especially when I scrub out and don't have to play day two and I can just, uh, you know, hang out with people. Do you want to go to the Guar Bar? There's a Guar Bar? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Like, Guar is in the band? Yeah. It's a, a Guar-themed oh. bar in Richmond. What? I think it's actually, like, owned yes. by Guar. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I do want to go to the Guar Bar. Book it. <laughs> awesome. Hell Yeah. Jerry, there might be a there might be a certain amount of people you can fit into the Guar Bar because that band is pretty deep as it is. So you, may, you may need to just limit your party size when you go, my friend. Uh, I remember I went to like Bonnaroo two thousand and eight, uh, and we had to go to the medical tent for an undisclosed reason, and Guar was playing. Someone, so, so someone was too high, is what you're saying? <laughs> this is a kids show, Pat. Someone ate too many edibles. <laughs> We already got our preview card. It's not happening again anyway. It's fine. 
<laughs> anyway, so we're in the medical tent, and the medical tent is right next to the stage where Gwar is playing, and I have never seen a room of more unhappy people in my life, because it's all these people who are, like, you know, too drunk or overheated, or just, like, the people you would expect at a medical tent of a music festival, and Gwar is just blaring so loud that you have to shout to talk to anyone. Oh, There's just a bunch so of Power good. Ranger villains so on stage. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great time. Great time. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm down for gore. <laughs> the gore bar. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of upcoming tournaments, uh, the details just got announced for uh, Moonbase Markets 40k, uh, 40 Duel Land tournament. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It is in uh, October 6th, which is a Saturday, so I should be able to make that. I think. I think if I fly down on Friday afternoon, play Saturday, and fly back on Sunday morning, my wife will let me do it. So <laughs> you're gonna say my wife won't notice that I'm gone? Oh, there's also that. There's also that. We'll see. Uh, I am starting a new job this month, so hopefully by October I'll have a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, like wiggle room to get out early on a Friday. Um, but this looks like it's going to be awesome. I think if people are going, you should register now. I'm probably going to actually register now so that I have a yeah. a spot. And then if I can't go, he, I'm sure he doesn't mind refunding uh, just in case. But um, it's probably <laughs> yeah, you make worth that assumption, Pat. <laughs> but no, but no, I I do agree. I I mean, there's already a quarter sold down, and it's been up for 48 hours. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's like a, it's capped to 200 people, and I think there's like 46 people have already signed up, and it yeah. came out basically yesterday yeah it's awesome it's gonna be super great um and also and, like i just want to get i just want to get down to there to st louis to get some good barbecue man oh please Hell yeah god all you have to do is <laughs> tell me there's a, a legacy tournament and and okay joe's and i'm in there's there's uh, hot meat involved we're we're down we're going there's like 200 dollars <laughs> flights for me so i'm i'm in <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I was also talking to Jeremy and, uh, so he was saying that it, so the venue is sweet. It's a four story venue. Um, they're doing like old school tournaments in the basement. Uh, they have a bar attached to the store. So the, the store has its own like bar area, which is oh. awesome. Uh, also 5% of all entry fees and all sales that weekend are being donated to, uh, homes for our troops. So it's also for a good cause. Nice. Yeah, he always does yeah. awesome community stuff at that store, so I'm really excited to uh, to check this tournament out. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be sweet. Also, just like, I haven't been to a 40 Duel Land tournament in forever. Like, those don't well, come around very the often The last one anymore. we went to was like two years ago in Rhode Island, right? Yeah. The bunch of, I, think, like I don't that. even know if it was, I don't even think it was 40 Duels, but it was a bunch of Duels tournament. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 40 Duel tournaments are a rarity these days. I mean, obviously, it's not the store's fault. It's the fact that Duel Land prices have gone through the roof, and yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot harder to run tournaments that large. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome. Jeremy's bringing it back, and, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to register for a uh, spot right now, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's capped at 200 people, so, like, it's good EV for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Plus, when you win, it's perfect EV. Yeah, exactly. That's the way That's I all look we at do, it. right? That's all That's we all, do. Yeah. Is win. <laughs> all we do is come in ninth, 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 no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta advocate for anything Jeremy does. He's a good dude, and he puts on a good event. Like everything, everything I do with like event organization in my area is just modeled after what he does because he just he did it right the first time. 
Yeah, yeah. I, we had him on uh, not that long ago, and he was that's what that was his biggest thing was like. Look, if you want to build a great scene, like part of it is making sure that the value is there for your players. Like the money will come into the store; you don't have to worry about that. Just make tournaments that are good for players. Make make them so that people get fed. You get food trucks coming in. He had all these really great ways of just showing the players that he cares about them and building a great community. And clearly, he's like, done a fantastic job, and people love going to his tournaments. So there's something to be said for that. Plus, he was doing this all while he was still in college. He's like, geez, yeah. Jeremy, way to make us feel like underachievers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, for sure. I couldn't even get my papers together, let alone run a full-fledged, like, <laughs> tournament organization scene. <laughs> yeah, so it should be, it should be awesome. Very excited. Hell yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention, and this isn't on the docket, so, uh, forgive me, please. But, uh, not that long ago, actually in the middle of July, did you see the update that Wizards made to alcohol and age restriction policies when it came to the, the, the Wizards yeah. Play Network? So, which is, I didn't know that was not a rule because so, I've been to several well, locations yeah, that well, didn't they can, follow that. They can that. never restrict age in a tournament, right? Like a tournament was, if you can play your cards, you can play in the tournament. Um, mm. But effective July 23rd, they updated their policy regarding alcohol and age restrictions at WPN events. Um, they don't prohibit serving or consuming alcohol at, at sanctioned events. And organizers may now restrict events by age, which means like so we already know that legacy and certainly vintage and for sure old school are like the old person, cranky man, woman format. Right. So like it, it, <laughs> it's even better because now we can keep out all those terrible children, make all events 21 plus and just serve booze. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, I'm going to be stirring up old fashions over here. Yes, please. <laughs> Pat is a licensed bartender in Massachusetts, so I he am, can. I am a licensed. I am a bartender. I can make a. I can make a few mean <laughs> drinks. That's for sure. Um, and I will be drinking my own Jamesons and diets and just having a real good time playing cardboard. <laughs> yeah. So if you would like to hire Pat to be your bartender at your next legacy event, he is available. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's cool. I think there's definitely some, uh, places for that, especially in the, like you said, Pat, the legacy, vintage, old school community. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great change. Yeah. It's, uh, it's super cool. It's great for stores too. It is, yeah. Oh, especially if you're in a state with like laxer, like forget Massachusetts, getting a oh, liquor yeah, license Massachusetts in Massachusetts. Is, yeah. For those, for those who haven't been to Mass, haven't lived here, Massachusetts is like the most miserable state when it comes to blue laws because, uh, many years ago, we had like these terrible people, these really like religious fanatics who founded the state and made all these awful blue laws. Like, <laughs> you can't buy liquor. Like Sundays, liquor stores are closed. You can't buy liquor before 11 a.m. in a restaurant. It's, it's in a restaurant. It's crazy. Like sometimes I want to have a gin and tonic at 7 a.m. Like that's just how I want to start my day. It's called a Tuesday. Who's the state of Massachusetts to judge me? Oh man, I really hope uh, yesterday's episode was good because it's our one and only preview card episode. <laughs> But I mean, like, uh, there was a game store I played at back in Colorado that on their second floor, they had a full bar. And Tuesday night draft, you just have players walk upstairs, have two beers, go back downstairs, play their draft match, go back upstairs. People were paying $5 for beers and $10 for draft. And let me tell you, we had like 50 people in there. That's value. Yeah. That is value. Like, do you think, do you think that there's a place where, well, I know, like, uh, I haven't been, but um, what is it? Uh, Mox Boarding House has, like, a, a bar attached yeah. or a pub attached? Mox, Mox Boarding House, one of my favorite venues, and a big part of that has to do with the fact that it is attached to a bar. Yeah, <laughs> like I, haven't, it was, I haven't been. I that's It's on my bucket list of places to go before yeah. I stop playing Magic. 
I, I highly recommend everyone. No one ever stops playing Magic. Come on, Pat. But I highly recommend Mox Boarding House uh, for anyone who can make it out there. <laughs> oh, oh, some of us are going to, Jerry. That is a fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I'm curious if like if we might see a trend of like some stores in certain areas, like or, or bars in certain areas, like opening up more like more areas for well, for gaming and stuff like that. Geek geek gaming is a growing industry. There are so many barcades opening up, which are just like literally arcades, like old school arcades like we had when we were kids, except now they're like, oh, all these kids are I old. Mean, Let's I add mean, a bar to it. Dave and Buster's is basically that just ahead of the curve, right? It's like, a, oh, it's yeah. like an adult Chuck E. Cheese. Minus yeah, yeah, the ball David, pit, which I still think they should have a ball pit, but whatever. I'm okay with them not having that like gross festering pool of germs, oh, <laughs> especially yeah, so especially fun. a bunch of like especially a bunch of drunk adults. I don't, if you I get don't your friend do... like standing next to the ball pit, and you can just like you can Terry Tate him into the ball pit, it'd be amazing, <laughs> just office linebacker style. Oh. Every single ball in that well, pit well, would be sticky. There'd just be spilled beer yeah. all over it. <laughs> Yeah, because you know that it's like, ah, oh, look at Jim. He just got a full pint of beer. Better Terry tape him into the oh, ball yeah. pit. Oh, you know he's going to get some CTE tonight. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, geez. It's not a good night drinking unless someone has fucking concussion afterwards. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, them opening up that's that's awesome, and I think it does. I think it adds uh, the possibility for like a new type of LGS to come out of it. Yeah, um, totally. Because like there are locations where like the LGS space is crowded. Yeah. Um, the, you know, they talking to people there. There are locations where there are just a lot of LGSs. It's hard to, for them to differentiate. And if you're looking to get into the LGS scene, I think being the LGS with a bar is a big draw, especially for the older crowd. There's there's also places you can go to now, like the like the paint nights that people go to and things like that, where you bring like your own six pack of beer and you give it to them and then you buy them from them. So like it helps the stores get around like uh, surfing laws. They don't have to worry about like. Uh, carting people um so that's something also stores can do where they don't have to like invest a bunch of money in all these crazy beers people people can just bring their own six-pack or whatever give it to the bar and they can buy them from the bar buy them from the store you know what i mean it's like restaurants with like a corking fee it's like we don't sell wine but we'll sell you a wine bottle opener for you know 20 bucks (laughs) and that's that's like your your nod to them yeah um so anyway i think it's great i just wanted to bring it up real quick because you did mention uh that that the Moonbase Market is uh, adjacent to a bar or attached to a bar, and I think that's a. It, I just think that's a really cool um, new thing that that the WPN stores are going to be able to do. Yeah, uh, I think the the re, like it, I'm pretty sure it's owned by it's like both owned by the same person, um, mm-hmm. but I think they had to like separate it because of the whole you know prior WPN rules. Right. So right. now it's time to blow that wall out and just you know Hell make yeah. it <laughs> so oh, much man. more rooms for activities. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm psyched. I think it's a great. It's also just another cool avenue. Like this, I imagine, and this is completely like this is just completely speculation. But I imagine like the the demographic of this game is trending upward. Like I imagine that it's it's an aging game in most in like a, the large a large portion of its player base. Certainly in some of the formats that are being played, right? Like you know, legacy and vintage yeah. are certainly trending upward in it when it comes to age. So I think it's yeah. a, it's it's a cool revenue source for stores that isn't going to alienate. Uh, younger players. I don't think we're adding more older players, though. I just think it's the existing player yes. base is aging. Oh, yeah, that's so exactly like, what I mean. That's I, I yeah. think yeah, that's what I mean. Like we are trending older as time goes on. Like that is a, a correlating 
Yeah, I I still think the average age of Magic is still staying the same and getting younger, especially not to get too in the weeds with the finance, but Hasbro came out with their earnings report a couple days ago, and Mm -hmm. Magic killed it. Like, great, great numbers. They said Dominaria was a huge success. Um, like the revenue was way up. Hasbro was up like 13% on the new, on the news of the earnings. So, mm-hmm. which is just great news. Like I like to keep my a finger on that because it's good to know how Hasbro is doing because how Hasbro doing is how Wizards is doing. And if they're both doing well, that means they're going to have magic for many years to come. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Despite the, uh, well, I don't want to get too far into it, but despite the rumblings of a few fucking <laughs> yeah. idiots, like these, this, these, uh, the shitlords yeah. of the community who think that the the game is dying. Sorry, guys, yeah. this game is actually doing great, and it's it's becoming more inclusive and and just it's becoming a much better game overall, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so it I I like I like to see Wizards and you know Hasbro being rewarded for that, and just mm-hmm. you know having that that reinforcement like yeah, see shut, yeah, shut the hell up <laughs> exactly like yeah, following your following a sound moral compass. Is uh is surprisingly good for business. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> who who would have thought? thought? Who would have thought making people feel welcome in a game would be good for business? Right? <laughs> right. Fuck. Oh man. But yeah, enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to get too far into that. But I think the update to the uh, the rules as far as age age restriction goes is fantastic and, and a win for everybody. Hell yeah! I'm excited. Yeah, legacy's in a great place. Wizards in a great place. We can drink at events now. God, it's have 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 I died and gone to legacy heaven, Pat? We're we're coming up on episode two (laughs) hundred. All great things. All great things. All all major milestones. I think episode two hundred is gonna be my last one. I think that's what we're gonna do. Jerry, you're gonna need a new (laughs) co-host. I'll tag in. It's fine. Uh, I'm funnier anyways. Perfect. Perfect. You won't even miss a beat, Jerry. Perfect. Oh, man. I like how Pat complains about how he doesn't have enough time, but he doesn't have enough time to pick the person for, to do his editing job, which will give him more free time. That's like, true. Pat, Pat could literally be the eye candy. We just need to pick an editor. And Pat's like, no, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time. Delegating is really hard, okay? It is. Oh, boy. Uh, Pat, imagine you can you can have my life. I just show up, I look pretty, I sit here, and then I wait till the episode comes out on Friday, and it's great. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I'm up here sitting in my second floor office, just sweating, ripping my hair out, <laughs> editing, just like hating my life. <laughs> I took away his air conditioner because I think it encourages him if he works in a hot area. <laughs> Negative reinforcement, so it's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. He came to my house and cut the cord. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, Pat, it's trust me, it's it's much it's much nicer on the other side. <laughs> Pat, you need to get a U. Like I have a U, I have you. You need to get your own U. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, also, thanks for the patience for all the people who applied to the editor job. Yes, yeah, I'm we, sorry we, it's we literally so like long. Uh, I have had a wedding. I've had like, it's just uh, a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. So uh, yeah, we really appreciate everyone. Hanging in tight. We're going to make a selection this week. We'll get to you probably by the time this episode airs, actually. We'll probably have notified the person we're going to select, and then we're going to onboard them. Um, I just didn't want to, like, bring another person in while we do the preview card because that makes it a little difficult. I think it's a tough deal <laughs> like, to watch this one. Oh, you're just because, like, it adds, you know, it adds another person in the mix when it comes to, like, keeping it confidential and stuff. And that's obviously extremely important uh, in an era where we see a lot of, of leaked cards and things. So 
Um, you know, we really appreciate uh, the trust that that Wizards put into us and has has, has allowed us to have a, a really awesome preview card. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I can't stop. wait to what? stop buttering them up, Pat. We already lost the ability to have future. <laughs> like this episode already shot. You shot that dream in the foot. We're not getting well, another hey, one. Hey, I edited out my political rant last week. <laughs> Y'all brought me on the cast. Have you seen my Twitter brand? <laughs> hey, hey, those nudes are all very tasteful. They're tasteful, they're, nudes. They're tasteful semi-nudes. <laughs> semi-nudes. Sorry, yes, tasteful semi-nudes. Oh, man. Oh, I'm going to get the followers okay. after this episode. Jeez. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. You're going to get the Leaving Legacy bump. Everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I didn't get it last time. I got to say. <laughs> oh, really? It's it's gonna happen. I feel like I feel like we've gotten uh I feel I feel like we've hit the tipping point when it comes to the podcast. Like not that not that long ago, I feel like we hit a tipping point. The, like the, the tipping Facebook point into group, chaos? Yeah, the Facebook group like blew up, <laughs> like our Patreon did started doing really well and uh I don't know, I just feel like we've had really good community uh uh involvement with uh with the with the uh podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um. All right. Well, do we have anything else we want to go into before we go into a scoops and poops? Scoops and poops. <laughs> all right. Um. I'm gonna lead off here. And Liz, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, instead of doing like uh, you know, shout outs at the end of the cast, we're doing scoops into top eight, and then we're doing poops into top eight. So, um, so they kind of like shout outs and uh, thumbs down to people. And I'm scooping in Tom Hep. Tom Hep's one of our friends. He's been on, I think he's probably our leading guest, been on more guest appearances on the podcast. We've cert- I've certainly streamed with him lots. Um, he actually took down the Philly Legacy Classic. So, Tom, yeah. congratulations, man. That's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Uh, really excited for you. The trophy looks uh, sweet. And uh, and yeah, so congrats to that man. Much much uh, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, 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 applause to you and rap air horns. <laughs> I told you one episode, Pat. You got one episode. It wasn't literally that long. <laughs> We're gonna do that again. We're gonna do it again. There we go. It needs to be a little louder. Um. So <laughs> so Tom Tom, congrats, man. Um. Obviously taking it down with bug hex hex steps. Um. A deck that he has brewed himself. He has curated the list uh and just done a ton of work with it so congratulations to him he's also going to be streaming um i think it's twitch.tv slash negator 77 um but check the show notes for that uh he just got his uh his stream setup going so that'll be really exciting um now for my poop it's also tom but it's really the sylvan safekeeper (laughs) in his sideboard a card he said he'd never run he would never write that in his list and uh and i found it i found it in the sideboard Dirty, dirty boy. Uh, so I just want to give him a poop on that and say, I found it. I see your see your secret, and it's uh, a Sylvan safekeeper in your sideboard. So uh, those are my scoops and poops. How about you, Jerry? Who are you scooping in this week? Uh, so, I mean, first I'm going to scoop in Jeremy for putting on an awesome uh, tournament. I actually just uh, registered for it. So I am locked in, Pat. We're doing it. I Add it to your it. shopping cart. We're going. Uh, scooped into Jeremy for going, uh, for throwing that awesome tournament. Can't wait to get out there. Uh, and my second scoop is, uh, Parrot Guy. So, uh, as I was walking home from, uh, the burrito shop to, to my apartment, 
to my apartment uh, to get it to, you know, record this episode. Uh, I'm walking down. There's like this bike path down my house that leads directly from my house to the burrito shop. It's very convenient. <laughs> oh, I've seen um, the bike path. I haven't seen the burrito shop. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I took I took Brian Cook to it when he came up to visit. And he was mm-hmm. like, all right. He gave it a seal of approval. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, Brian is a uh, burrito co- uh, connoisseur. But anyways. Also known for playing the- magic once in a while. Also known for playing magic once in a while. That's either here nor there, though. But I was walking back from the burrito shop with my burrito, eating the burrito on the way, as one does, because a burrito is the perfect form of food transportation. Like, you just, it's it's easily, it's convenient. And I'm just chomping into my burrito, and I just look up, and there is a man walking down the path, taking his pet parrot for a walk. Whoa. Hell yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> yes. Second. Yes. He had, he had his parrot and it was on his, his arm. Yep. It was like, like a oh. full fledged, like parrot. Yep. And he was just out for a walk with his parrot. And I okay. just like, my eyes raised from the burrito and I locked eyes with the parrot. The parrot locked eyes with me. And then I just, I looked back down at my burrito in shame because the, it was a powerful parrot. So I'm going to, I'm going to scoop in parrot guy for, you know, being a badass and carrying his parrot and taking it for nice walks down the bike path. So I assumed when you said walking his parrot that he had the parrot on like a leash and was allowing the parrot to walk around, which like wouldn't make sense because I imagine a parrot's primary mode of transportation is flight. And I imagine that making it walk everywhere is like, is like making it do a walk of shame. Like, haha, like I own you bird. You can't fly. You must walk like me. But the fact that he was carrying his bird shows that he has a lot of affection for that animal. And I, I appreciate that. And I think he's living his best life. So go good on him. Yeah, yeah, I would say it was an equal amount of affection I had for my burrito, and I had a lot of affection. <laughs> so for So this that man has got his his he's got his parrot on his arm, and you're doing the same with your burrito down the, <laughs> down the path. We we had a connection, like we we locked you, eyes. And you, we, I was gonna we have had a connection. Lock, wait, did you and the man lock eyes, or did you and the parrot lock eyes? Jerry and the burrito uh, I, locked I, eyes. <laughs> it's it's hard to say like everything swirled around me and it like every like i became one with the universe oh, and amazing. the parrot and the burrito were interchangeable love it love it <sighs> uh for poops uh bicyclists on the bike path that is for <laughs> men walking their parrots and other men eating it's their for, burritos and these burrito whizzing bikes clearly. yeah burrito transport and only and women i should say women with their burritos and women with their pet parrots and all these all these bikes just whizzing by i don't like it yeah. i don't like it. i'm kind of an old curmudgeon like that but yeah I don't go on like the it. roads bike where you belong go on the roads <laughs> and, unless i'm driving a car in which case i will say go on the sidewalk where you belong unless i'm walking <laughs> in <laughs> which case get fucked bikes you're, you're not just a car leave your bikes you're at not home. walking get out of here get it go, go away <laughs> Actually, my serious scoop is bicyclists who do not follow the rules of the road. It it is like a pet peeve of me. I don't but like you come to a red light and the bicyclist stops and then you just look at him yeah, yeah. and they look at you and then they just roll yeah. through the red light oh, and just drive on him like you son oh, of a bitch. You if you're gonna be on the road, knock you- him over. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna use the road. Okay, you wanna use the road, you wanna drive, you know, in traffic. Okay, I get it. I get it. You wanna be a car, cool. But obey the car rules. You can't just be a car sometimes and then a pedestrian and others. It's unfair. I don't like it. 
<laughs> yeah. And then they like, they, they cut you off and then they get mad when you're like, what? You cut me off and now you're slowing me down. Like, oh. if you were a car, I would be laying on my horn right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or we, like just like I, bump them, bump their back tires <laughs> a little bit. I'm going to pre apologize to like Dominic and Nick and like all our other fans who I know are like diehard bicyclists, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Actually, Nick, Nick, me, me and Nick have had this conversation before and he agrees with me. Like, asshole bicyclists are the worst. Yeah. I apologize to no one because if you're a good human, like you follow the rules like everyone else we live in a, we're part of a society where we all agree to follow the same rules for the betterment of us all and like by you, you like thinking that you're better than someone sorry. else not following the rules you are just breaking the, a social contract that we all abide by and you are an asshole and i hope that someone not runs you over but like nudges you a little bit gives you a little scare hope you have a yeah. bad day yeah i hope you Pat, have, yeah hope I someone hope doesn't you like your shirt I hope I hope you like your shoelace breaks when you go to tie it in the morning, you know. Pat, and then you have to go you buy were... shoelaces. Like where do you even? I don't know where you buy shoelaces. I just throw the shoes out when the when the lace breaks. Pat, you shoes. were quoting the Communist Manifesto last <laughs> last episode, and now you're talking about how you have to follow uh, the rules no matter what. All I said, Jerry, all I said was that blood alone moves the wheels of history. I wasn't quoting a manifesto. I was just making a statement. <laughs> You also said the proletariat shall rise up and shake off the chains of I, tyranny. I, I actually think that was our guest who said that. Oh, uh, okay. But I, would yeah, like I might have said that too. And, 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 and bump that. Also, throwing away your shoes when the shoelaces break is some bougie shit. <laughs> I'm, a man, I'm a man of many contradictions, Liz. What can I say? The car ran out of gas. What was I supposed to do, Michael? <laughs> Uh, this is the part of the episode where we've gone off the rails, like way off the rails. That's how people like it, Jerry. That's why people listen all the way to the end. Uh, I, I would like to see a graph of our listener attention and see where the dips are. <laughs> it's it's immediately after the intro, just plummets. Like, oh, it's this, it's, this show. Delete. Oh, these guys. Nope. <laughs> Deleted. Where's Adrian? Bring him back. I want to uh, hear about cell phone plans and the hilliest towns in Massachusetts. And all the best diners along Route 95. <laughs> correct. Correct. Liz, how about you? Are you scooping anyone in the top eight this week? I do. I have a scoop and a poop. Uh, my scoop is um, my best friend, Denny, who has just offered me a place to stay for the 40 Duel Tournament. Nice. Uh, oh, sweet. So we're going to see you there? Yes. Uh, he also is a new streamer who streams Magic on Fridays with me. Uh, I'm very awesome. proud of him. He finally took the plunge and is doing that full time now. So scoops to him. Amazing. Um, and my poops go to Emma Handy for her gif. <laughs> I said no more gifts, guys. No more gifts in this audio we're, format. We're talking about the same gif, though. It's the same gif. Same GIF. <laughs> it counts. Uh, go, go ahead. I don't actually have a scoop. Uh, I just wanted to, to, to fire back a little bit on Emma there for that. <laughs> Good. Love it. Now, now I'm curious. Now I want to see what this gif is. Well, you got to do the work and find it, Jerry. Uh, work. You have to put in the hours, clock in at nine, clock out at five, grind in those gift mines. Yep, yep. Wear, wear your fleece sweater vest. Like, that's what you got to do, Jerry. Okay? Yep. Make it happen. Is fleece, is fleece sweater vest like a gift thing? I feel like fleece vests – yeah, though I saw an article lately that fleece vests are like the uh, the new corporate uh, like uniform. They're very popular. I can actually – Wait, I can actually, yeah, I can back that up. But before I left the the finance firm, uh, there were a lot of fleece sweater vests yeah, floating around. Yeah, fleece vests are really popular. Uh, I, I got a, I wore a quilted vest because I don't like fleece. My, I'm changing vest. my poop to fleece. I'm not a fan of fleece. Fleece, fleece is, is not like, good. Fleece is, 
fleece is like the worst. Like especially me because I have very fair skin. It dries out my skin super bad and gives me like dry, itchy skin. Like fleece is terrible. We're, I don't, get off me, sheep! I don't want you here. We are a straight lifestyles podcast by now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, See, the ratio of legacy to lifestyle is like five to ninety-five. Yeah, but like you listen to this podcast and your life gets better. So, uh, does it? Does it? <laughs> I mean, my life certainly has, and I hope someone's has. <laughs> oh boy. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Liz, if someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, can they find you? Uh, obviously, on Denny's uh, on Denny's stream on Fridays. What is his uh, What is his handle there? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Denny Dalliance. That's nice. a D A L L I N C E. Nice. Um, and and how about you? If they want to find you on Twitter or find some sweet card deals, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NerdWalla, and you can follow my business account at Basking Bazaar. Uh, I actually just picked up a sweet collection of like four of every foil playable in Legacy, so oh, yeah. that's all going up over the next couple of weeks. Awesome, sick! I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that. Awesome, I can't say no to the shinies. <laughs> um, and you can find me at Pat Ugle on Twitter. You can find Jerry at J M E E three R D. You can find us on uh, on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Leaving a Legacy. Find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. You can find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. And you can email us dickpics and deckpics. Leaving a Legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. Wizards, please give us another preview card. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't listen to the end. It's fine. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, coming up very soon, special guest. Can we, can we announce our special guest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, next episode. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Verhey is coming back on. So oh, we should have a great uh, episode. Story time with Gavin. It'll be his third episode with us, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, always, he's always super fun, and he's great, and... His knowledge of magic is uh, deeper than I can than I can fathom. So it'll be awesome. Sweet, yeah, awesome. Um, all right, well, we'll catch you guys next week. We still need to yeah. like it's, we're almost two hundred episodes in. We need like an actual like like tagline for the end of this episode. Uh, we had a tagline, and oh. then you said I don't want to make ending closeout music anymore. So my like, what you talking about, Willis? My like, I had buttons made, I had a t-shirt, they were all ready to go, and you just nixed it, Pat. Yeah, right in the bud. We, the play us out with something sweet. That was a nice format, though. I missed that. Maybe when, when we have an editor, we can actually do that again because they can deal with yeah. all the finding the, the song and <laughs> getting the file and getting it in the right format and fi- making sure that it's not fucking. <sighs> copyrighted that you can't get it off YouTube. And, oh, it was a nightmare. I was getting getting flashbacks. Dream big, Pat. Dream big. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Liz, thanks so much for coming on. We really loved having you. Yeah, it's always yeah. a pleasure to be on here. Uh, I like talking about legacy, and I like offering lifestyle advice to the folks at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come for the legacy, stay for the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Make your life better. <laughs> Listen to us. We know what we're talking about, kind of. At the very least, <laughs> one of us had a burrito recently. So, God, I wish that were yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs>